Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about WWE Payback. This was the live, um, the uh, streaming live event that happened uh, last night. It uh, it aired from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and um, it featured a pretty good, pretty good card, if you ask me. Uh, but the, the show opened with a steel cage match between Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. And I got to say, man, seeing chicks in a steel cage match really, really um, has always been has always been kind of an iffy thing for you. Because, like, some... I'm not saying these women aren't great in the ring, but some of the women... Some of these ladies... You know, tend to get a little bit intimidated by it, but you did not see an ounce of intimidation when you have a work a workaholic like Becky Lynch, and then of course the Hall of Famer Trish Stratus is also in there and everything like that. But this match really was brutal. It was um, it was at times a little bit slow pace of a slow burn and everything like that. But I'm glad that you know they've. I've honestly kind of been tired of the whole. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus uh, storyline because it doesn't it never really ends anywhere just when you think it's going to end they add another character you know they added Zoe Starks in there and I'm glad she got the call up and everything like that but then at the end of the match for Trish to turn on her I was like what was the point of that the idea was for her to be kind of the one you know mentoring her and everything like that and you know, I just felt like, you know, Zoe Starks is probably going to get lost in the shuffle. That's just my opinion. I think she's a phenomenal athlete and everything like that. But without the, I think without the 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 guidance of Trish Stratus and that whole idea of her being the one to kind of, uh, of her being the one kind of to, to, to be the mentor and everything like that, for it to be ended so, so suddenly, I don't know, it might, it, I don't think it's going to have a good long-term effect on her as they move forward and everything like that what the future holds for becky lynch and trish stratus is up in the air but although that was still a badass match to have uh to have um to open the show and i was very surprised by that the fact that the very first match on the card was the cage match and you know i would have put that maybe somewhere else you know me personally but i'm i'm very surprised they did that and i'm very surprised of how great of a match that was and everything like that uh next up we had la knight versus the miz and then to add on to that they made the special guest referee john cena and this was a pretty good match uh la knight is really really starting to come up on on everyone's radar and everything like that. The guy is over with the audience and everything like that. And The Miz being the workaholic that he is and being a very, very credible, a very, very credible opponent for L.A. Knight and everything like that. And then the fact that he has a history with John Cena and everything like that, that made it really cool. I like the little confrontation that John Cena and L.A. Knight had. It looks as if they're going to use John Cena to catapult L.A. Knight, which I don't think they really should do. I don't think L.A. Knight needs to go up against a part-timer like John Cena because, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I can see a lot of the mistakes they made with Austin Theory and then giving him to John Cena. They put him over on John Cena, and then it doesn't really go anywhere after that. You know, I'm not saying that Austin Theory was anywhere near as over as L.A. Knight, but I can just see them doing that to kind of give L.A. Knight more credibility. But 
who knows where they're going to go from here. Uh, the future does look bright for LA Knight. Winning the Battle Royal at SummerSlam last, last month and then now having a big win over uh, The Miz this week was pretty cool. So that, that really goes to show you that you know the future does look bright for someone like LA Knight. So we'll see what happens in the future for him going forward. Um, next up, we have the United States Championship match. Rey Mysterio defends the title against Austin Theory. This was an okay match. I honestly don't think that uh, honestly don't think that Rey Mysterio needed the U.S. title. Like I get he was there to replace Santos and everything like that, but but my my opinion, it should have been someone else from that group other than Rey Mysterio, and then to take the title off of Theory. I don't think that was. I mean, if you're going to take the title off Theory, you got to give him something to kind of facilitate that and everything like that. And then he loses this match. And then it's like Vince McMahon was trying really hard to push him. And then once Vince got into his own little issues behind the scenes, they just tore him back down. And it's like this whole back and forth thing they're doing with, with Austin Theory is really, really getting tiresome. He's a, he, 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 the U.S. title gave him credibility. He's a great heel champion and everything like that. So for him to lose it to to Rey Mysterio and everything like that was just kind of, it kind of loses that credibility, not only to the to Austin Theory, but also to the title. It's like Rey Mysterio didn't need another title run, but, you know, at the same time, I don't really understand why they would give it to him at this point in his career and everything like that. Granted, yeah, he's been U.S. champion before, but, I mean, I don't, like I said, I really don't think he needed it at that point, to say the least, and everything like that. So... I mean, who knows? Who knows where they're going to go? Who knows what the future is going to hold for Theory and Rey Mysterio or even for the U.S. title for that matter? But hopefully they can go in a direction that that benefits both of these guys. And, you know, not only just Rey Mysterio, but also the LWO. If you're going to make that group an official group, you know, at least give them some type of credibility like a championship or something. So, you know, but like I said, who knows? Uh, Next up, we have the Steel City Street Fight. And that was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens defending the tag team titles against the Judgment Days, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest. This was a fucking match. This really was. This reminded me of the old school. Like, this, to be honest, this reminded me of of like the 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 street fights of the Attitude Era. And then Kevin Owens wearing the Terry Funk shirt, you know, you know, to pay homage to that guy and everything like that. And then. In the middle of the match, they go out to the um, they go out to the crowd, and Kevin Owens uh, is covered in blood, which I thought was badass. That the fact that they allowed him to I don't know if they allowed him or did that just happened by accident, but he's got that crimson mask, and it was just incredible. Then they come out with the uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguin hockey outfits, which I thought was really cool. Both of those guys big being big hockey fans and everything like that. The Swanton Bomb from the balcony through the table. That was really cool. Paying homage to Jeff Hardy. You know, that was really cool and everything like that. But the surprise at the end, in my opinion, was the fact that um, that the Judgment Day actually won. And now, and now with all four members of the Judgment Day each holding the title, that makes that group much more uh, formidable and everything like that. You know, more so than the, you know, kind of like... If you go back in history and look at some of the greatest factions that they've ever had, there's also there's always a moment of them holding a championship. The Bloodline did it, except with Solo Sokoa, 
Um, the bloodline did it. Evolution did it. Um, I want to say DX did it. You know, the NWO did it. You know, a lot of a lot of great groups have had that moment where all where it's more than three members and they each have a championship. So for the Judgment Day to hold the the undisputed tag team titles, the women's world title, and the uh, North American title. That's that's impressive right there. And then there's that great shot of all of them at the rampway, and they're all holding the gold and everything like that. So that was really cool, really cool to see that. But, you know, my whole thing with the Judgment Day is that they've always been a good group and everything like that, and I kind of was hoping that they would win to kind of give them some credibility and everything like that. But my my intrigue with them is that when is Damian Priest going to cash in the money in the bank briefcase because I'm kind of waiting for that. I had a feeling that had they lost, he might have cashed in that night. But, you know, since they won, I don't really see the point of him doing it to carry all those belts and everything like that. And to be honest, I really think they should split up the uh, the tag team championships. Like the Raw should have one and the, and the SmackDown should have their own tag team championships and all that other stuff. So, yeah, man, I really thought that that was going to be how that was going to go. And uh, things like that. So, speaking of the raw, speaking of of uh, the women's title, the women's world title match between Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley was actually pretty good. You had two big, strong women who are very similar in a lot of ways. You know, they have raw brute strength that is what brought them to the dance. And then Rhea Ripley has been kind of been stagnant. You know, she hasn't really had some. She, she's kind of been stagnant since WrestleMania. She hasn't really had, like, a formidable opponent. She didn't have a match at... I don't think she had a match at SummerSlam or at Money in the Bank. And, you know, that that's kind of disheartening and everything like that. You know, the last time she had a championship match, it was in... I think it was in uh, Dubai uh, when she fought uh, Natalia and everything like that. And then... You know, they kept building up Raquel Rodriguez to be the one to bring her down, but it's like, why would you want to bring her down? She hasn't really built up a resume to be... She hasn't really been brought up since WrestleMania. So it's like, okay, this could be something interesting. I think this rivalry could actually last all the way until possibly um, the end of the year, maybe. Because, you know, we're already in September. I can see this going and going if they're done correctly. A lot of people say Raquel Rodriguez is kind of generic and bland and everything like that. Now... Raquel Rodriguez was good in NXT. That rivalry between her and Rhea Ripley was really good. It kind of held everything together. They had the last woman standing match in 2020, which was fucking amazing and everything like that. But this rivalry here, I think it's because Rhea Ripley is much more established to whereas Raquel Rodriguez is not. She hasn't, outside of the, the tag team championships, she hasn't really had a moment to herself, basically. Like, her and Liv Morgan together make a great tag team. But Liv Morgan is also credible because she won Money in the Bank. She's a former women's champion and everything like that. And, you know, but Raquel Rodriguez hasn't really done anything to stand out from the pack. So for her to kind of be thrown with Rhea Ripley, this could have been a make it or break it moment. And the match did deliver. And, you know, the match wasn't, I wouldn't call it a five-star match, but it wasn't a bore fest either like a lot of the uh, first-timers are. Like, it wasn't as boring as say like a Liv Morgan and a Ronda Rousey or even a Ronda Rousey and Shotzi you know those matches were just kind of hard to sit through and everything like that but um 
but this one between Raquel Rodriguez and and Rhea Ripley could be like a could be what Raquel needs to kind of get over the hump and be taken seriously as a single and uh you know to really kind of go from there and you know with Rhea Ripley being the dominant champion looking always looking for the next opponent this could definitely be the rivalry that can carry over if done correctly now I know a lot of people can kind of get sour on somebody for a little while but um I honestly think if this if it's booked the same way they did it in 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 NXT it could definitely be the rivalry of uh that could launch not only uh Rhea Ripley and give her more credibility as the champion but could also rock uh launch Raquel Rodriguez into a main event star that you know she can clearly be she was a main eventer in NXT so how hard could it possibly be you know, I'm holding. I'm not holding my breath, but at the same time, because I know they've kind of fucking backtracked and messed up people's pushes along the way. But um, but you know, the match was really good. The match was very impressive, even though I felt like it had been kind of gardening for. It had been gardening that whole. It planted the seeds, and then they gave Raquel Rodriguez kind of like a bogus injury, which I don't really think she was really injured, you know, and everything like that. But you know. It is what it is, and we finally got the match, and the match did deliver. So, you know, we'll see what happens from here on out. I was very surprised that the that the WWE Women's Championship match was not on the card, not even a mention of it. You know, this whole issue with Asuka and Charlotte Flair and them trying to find, and then, you know, at the same time with EO Sky and everything like that, and I was like, huh, I guess there's no real contention, you know, with Damage Control kind of running the show again, basically, but... You know, there's no word from it. You know, the word, the rumor is Bianca Belair is taking some time off with her injury. And I use quotations when I say that. But I was kind of surprised that that championship wasn't even on. Neither was the uh, the Intercontinental Championship. You know, the big hype was that Gunther, who is about to pass the Honky Tonk Man's uh, record for longest Intercontinental title reign of all time, is defending the title against Chad Gable, but on Raw. Why not put that on the... On the pay-per-view, man. I would have I would have paid to see that, you know. But it is what it is. Next up we have before we get to the main event, there was a um there was a segment, the Grayson Waller effect, in which the special guest was Cody Rhodes and the uh Cody Rhodes had a major announcement in which he announces the newest member of the Raw Locker Room main event Jay Uso. And that was also a surprise, the fact that he moves to Raw after quitting WWE about two weeks ago and everything like that. And I was like, damn, so we're not going to get a conclusion. We're not getting any type of conclusions for what happens to the Bloodline storyline. And to be honest, if you heard my review last month for SummerSlam, it's like we should have gotten a clear ending to this storyline and we're not. Now we're just going to drag it on and on and on with no real type of ending in sight because now Jimmy turned Jay turned on everybody and then quit WWE. 2 weeks later he's on Raw. And it's like, okay, so we're not going to get an ending between these two guys or anything like that. Jimmy comes out there and gets in John Cena's face, which I thought was interesting because I don't know what they're going to... John Cena supposedly is going to be coming back to full-time action and everything like that for the time being. I think like for the next eight or nine weeks, John Cena is going to be primarily on SmackDown. So that's interesting to see. We'll see what happens as the as the weeks progress and everything like that. But Jey Uso going to Raw was interesting because I don't know what they're going to do with him. If they push him as a single, you know, 
We'll see what happens. He's got the potential to be a top guy and everything like that. So it's it's going to be interesting to see where they what they do with Jey Uso now that he's on Raw while the rest of the bloodline is on SmackDown. So anyways, on to the main event. Uh, Seth Rollins defends the World Heavyweight title against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. This match kind of came out of the blue. After, after Seth ended the ended the rivalry with Finn Balor and everything like that, it's like, okay, who's next? Who could he possibly defend the title against next? And they picked Shinsuke Nakamura, and I thought, yeah, okay, this could work, and everything like that. And I felt that the match and everything, the buildup going forward was was intense. It was pretty good. Because a lot of people didn't know that Seth Rollins was starting to break down a little bit. He's hurt. He's in pain. And, um, you know, for him to kind of keep going and everything like that, I was like, wow, they're really kind of using like a, lo- a lot of his personal issues. The fact that he is struggling with his pain and everything like that to kind of build a storyline. And I thought, man, what a, what a great way to kind of uh, send off Seth Rollins and everything like that. And I was like, I don't know how much more he can go. You know, because there's rumors that he his body is starting to break down. There's rumors that Kevin Owens might leave at the end of his contract term. So it's like, damn, what are the plans for the World Heavyweight title? The match was good between him and Nakamura because Nakamura is, is probably one of the most under, underrated guys that they have. And, you know, there's no end in sight, you know, for Seth Rollins uh, as far as the, the championship reign goes. But you know, hopefully with this rivalry, it'll last a little bit longer. Maybe Nakamura will be the one to kind of uh, take Seth Rollins down and maybe give Nakamura that fucking world title run that he should have got two years, two or three years ago and everything like that. But I'm kind of hoping that this is not the last time we see Nakamura in a world title match because I think he is good. I think he is good. Uh, The match did deliver and everything like that. And I'm hoping that Seth Rollins makes the right choice by you know, taking care of himself and his body and everything like that, rather than, you know, kind of toughening it out and, you know, you know, leading to serious injury and things like that. But who knows, man, who knows? This was a, this was a pretty intense match, even though it was kind of the build for it wasn't all that great, but the match did deliver. So that's saying something like that. You know, we've had a lot of times where the match is overhyped and it doesn't deliver. And there's also times where the match is underhyped and it does deliver. And this is one of those cases and everything like that. So I'm hoping that Rollins Nakamura becomes a bit more than just a one-off feud. But um, who knows where they go from here, especially given Seth Rollins' injury and everything like that. So overall, this was a pretty good pay-per-view. Um a streaming event i don't know you know that's a tough thing to break you know what i mean they they don't call them pay-per-views anymore because nobody's buying them because now with the wwe network and peacock and everything like that it's a streaming event so if you have the streaming service you can uh you can watch it you can watch it for that you know for that price and everything like that so uh, this was pretty good. You know, this was, you know, the WWE are really starting to come into their own. They're getting much more entertaining. Uh, the next time they're going to be on Peacock or the next time they're going to be in a live streaming event is going to be in October for uh, WWE Fastlane. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, 
this was pretty good and uh that's going to go ahead and bring us to the end of our episode if you like the episode be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets whether it's spotify apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, pandora google play odyssey reddit wherever you're getting your podcast from be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets instagram and twitter the madhouse 21 uh let me know what you guys thought about wwe payback what was your favorite match what was the worst match whatever the case may be let me know instagram and twitter the madhouse 21 uh be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out uh this week uh we do have episodes coming out uh on a daily basis i'm not sure which one is going to come out first or what's going to come um or what's or what episodes are actually going to come out the only thing i can confirm is that tuesday we are going to do the review for um ahsoka episode four so be on the lookout for that be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast and of course as always guys be sure to embrace your inner madness